Hello and welcome to the first official episode of Geeking Out Over Movies. My name is Zachary um, and I have been trying to get this show going for a long, long time. Okay, that's a bit of a lie. Um, but seriously going for like four months at the very least since I started my other show. Um, and it has been hard to get the one person in my life who I know watches just as many movies as I do to commit and finally say yes. Uh, Jeremy, my brother, why did you finally say yes? Well, first, thanks for the amazing intro. Um, I don't know, man, these past few months with, with the Oscars around the corner now, and yeah, I just feel like might might as well start this now like this is as good a time as any to to try to start something like this so you're telling me it was all some kind of master plan that you kept saying no to me pretty much every week i asked because you wanted to make sure we started the week before the oscars what can you say this is arguably the biggest week of the movies of movies all year right so what what better time to to uh, do something like this. Yeah, what a what what garbage. That's so that's such baloney. You just didn't want to do it, and you're finally starting. Whatever. Um, Whatever you say. Uh, we uh, for anybody listening, uh, we are as I said brothers. So the show, um, there's a good chance that this is a little bit. This is definitely very unscripted, and when we go at each other a little bit, that's okay. Uh, we may disagree. We may agree on stuff, and uh, who knows? It, it's gonna get. It's gonna. It's gonna get down to it sometimes, and that's okay. Wild, uh, sure, wild. I don't, I don't know if that's either of our temperament when when we're talking, but that's okay. <laughs> um, for those just tuning in, I say just tuning in, but it's the first episode. So anybody listening, this is geeking out over movies, um, and it's exactly what the title suggests. Jeremy and I have been fans of film our whole life. That's a lie. We've always watched films, who doesn't grow up watching some movies, but the last four or five years, we've really um, developed this love for cinema, um, and we talk about it constantly with each other, and this kind of just feels like the next step, the evolution of that, and now we'll just kind of talk recording uh, while we're recording it about movies as well, um, and give us a chance to even talk more, especially since one of us might not be around as much, like not death-wise, just, just one of us is might be going away so it'd be a great way to keep in touch and start something that can keep going um yeah, yeah i agree uh we so the usual format of this show uh, we we what's going to happen is we'll open things up and then we will go into what we've just watched what we've been watching in the last week right because we'll aim for one big episode a week uh and then we'll talk about what what's coming up soon some big releases we're excited for um and then we will usually go into the main segment for that week's episode. Now, there may be occasionally some big news that we'll talk about, but this isn't generally um, us trying to keep up with the news and deliver news. It's really just us trying to talk about movies that we've seen and that we're excited for and all of that. Um, so, in the spirit of that, Jeremy, what have you been watching recently? All right, man. So... Uh, I've actually committed myself to watching a lot of more movies this week than I would typically uh, during my lunch hour, dinner, what, whatever, what have you. Yeah, you've been watching a lot. Yeah, so this past week I've watched uh, Another Round, My Octopus Teacher, and Pieces of a Woman, 
as well as the five bloods finally got around to that all very unique very different movies from what is sort of like out there in the mainstream so yeah i mean they they're all they're all pretty good uh, as you know or whoever doesn't know my octopus Teton, some of these have been nominated for you know in different oscar categories so maybe part of that was like sort of my reason for watching these films but yeah they were all interesting and different but good three out of those four movies i haven't seen yet so um i I, i've definitely seen um now i'm i'm drawn on uh pieces of woman i've seen yeah yeah, thank you uh and i've been trying to get you to see that the day it came out yeah no i yeah i was i was very excited about it i had heard some buzz going uh pre-release i'd heard some buzz before the release on netflix um so that i was excited for i love vanessa kirby uh everyone hates shia labeouf but he actually (laughs) isn't a bad actor um so it i think actually that was a phenomenal movie it's one of my favorites of the year now the other three though my octopus teacher i have not seen um the five bloods never got around to it that was what that was during the pandemic always said we'd sit down and watch that i didn't you finally did this past week and then I started another round earlier this week. I got about half an hour in, half an hour in, but <laughs> I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like, uh, I didn't feel like continuing. And you know, and I've, I've, I know that sounds horrible. Like, oh, how could you be a film fan? But you didn't finish the movie. Um, I'm definitely outside of going to a movie theater. I will never leave a movie theater, but I'm also a big supporter of when you feel like doing something, you do it. And when you don't feel like doing something, don't do it. If it's not like a job or something that you're going to get in trouble for, obviously. Um, oh, yeah, I, 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 I get that. And with with another round, it does start out kind of slow. Like it has a really interesting premise and that's kind of what drew me to it. Other than it, you know, being not um, Thomas Finterberg being nominated for best director. I, I had never heard of it before the nominations came out. And, I, you know, was always interested in, in the premise once I looked it up. And so it, it it's a movie that. Uh, it does take a little while to sort of get going in my mind, and Mads Mikkelsen is great. It's just that with, you know, a language barrier is never a good reason to not watch a movie. But if you're if you're really not in the mood to watch a movie at that certain point, you know, that combined with the language barrier and combined with the sort of slow start, you know, I get I get why you wouldn't have wanted to continue at that at that moment. I think it's just really a matter of me not wanting to watch a movie at that moment that's really it i have i've i've watched a ton of foreign stuff i i i've been watching more foreign films over like the last few years than you have one 100 percent um that's not that's not me doing a dig that's just like i've always been okay with foreign films and subtitles and different languages i'm i'm a fan of that now i just didn't feel like watching it i know it's nominated and i know that it's probably and everything i've heard about it i i have a couple of friends who have watched it and everything i've heard about it is great I just didn't want to. I've been really on a big TV kick, um, more so. That and also it's just easier to squeeze in an episode of television when I'm, you know, I'm working full time and and school and blah blah blah. So um, I just didn't want to for that. Uh, for me though, the past week again, pretty light throughout the week. Some weeks I'm watching four four movies, five movies, and some weeks I'm watching like one movie. What have you watched this week? Oh man, this week, well. So let's say let's just go back one week. I'll make it a safe seven days. All right. Okay. So in in I I work in a school, so we watched Lean on Me, the Morgan Freeman 
1980s film. Uh, that was fantastic. Okay. Uh, I won't go into too much about it. You can you can look it up, but that was really good. Um, and then again, a lot of more documentaries this year. So we Dark City Beneath the Beat, which is about the music and um, the dance scene in Baltimore, which was absolutely awesome. Uh, and then Why Did You Kill Me, which was um, about this family who kind of does a the blur is the line between justice and revenge and this killing that had taken place in the early 2000s when they had lost one of their own. Um, so that was actually super interesting too. So I've been on a big um, documentary tear, so I watched those too. And I'd probably, I, I would recommend recommend both of them. Recommend. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah you've, you've definitely been on a, a documentary high since the turn of the year. Um, but why did you kill me? I have that on my Netflix list, so hopefully I'll be getting to it soon. It does look really good. Though. I mean, with a title like that too, how do you? How are you just not drawn in? Yeah, like, exactly. It's just it's, and I don't know why I've been in documentaries this, that much this year. Um, it's uh, it's a little weird because I never never you know turned turned around and said, oh, documentaries aren't good. But for some weird reason, I was just not the biggest fan of them. I'd watch one here or there, but yeah, this year I've just been in love with them. Um, the Last Cruise was fantastic. Seaspiracy yeah, yeah, was great. I got around to the last year's The Last Blockbuster. That was really, really good. Persona, um, the Biggie, I Got a Story to Tell. So they're just, and uh, Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry. I'm loving these music. These music documentaries have been phenomenal, especially within the last year and a half. Uh, so for some yeah. reason, I am feeling them right now, and I'm probably going to keep feeling them at the moment. Speak about music documentaries. You have, there's one coming up later this year about um, the uh, Beatles. So that that should be something to to look forward to. I'll probably watch that one. I mean, we we I mean, anything big, you and I end up either both seeing in the theater, and then if it's just a streaming movie that's released, we occasionally see it together. Not as much. You're busy. You don't want to. You don't want to watch movies with me anymore. Um, well, you're the one but, that has a full time job. But 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 it's not like our schedule is exactly. Well, aligned, you know no? what? Well, you know what? I'm not, well, let, let's not get into a fight in the first episode. <laughs> Um, right, but you, you, you mentioned the movies and, you know, last seven days, you want to talk about the two movies that we've seen in, 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 uh, theaters recently. Oh yeah. You know what? We can or, talk, or, we can talk about them. I think we have more to say about one thing than about one of these than we do about the other. Last, last week we saw, uh, Ben Wheatley's in the earth, right? Uh, movie theaters are open, of course. Um, I don't, I'm not sure about around the country and everywhere. I would have but definitely in New York, movie theaters have now opened fully, or at least all of them have opened, but at usually about 40% capacity. So the one near us has been open, and we've been going to that pretty much weekly um, for every new release. Uh, so last week we saw In the Earth, last Friday. Um, and I feel like it's safe to say that the both of us weren't in love with our experience. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, it, it's a... It's a I, it takes too long to get going, um, and then when it does, it's just, it's a little too weird. And I know, you know, horror movies especially, uh, that might be an, a, a bad way to describe it, because sometimes that's just kind of the, the kick for horror movies. You you It's supposed to be weird. Um, it's supposed to be otherworldly. It's supposed to kind of make you unsettled. This didn't really make me unsettled. It just, it, it just came off as weird and then nonsensical, and it just wasn't a good experience there were some good moments and some good performances 
but that was about it. Yeah, to be to be quite frank, and I don't I don't I don't usually use this word a lot because I'm usually really engaged with like what I'm watching and what I'm doing, but I was honestly quite quite bored for I mean the movie is only an hour 40. It's not a two and a half hour movie where, you know, it takes forever, but like the first hour of the movie, I'd say I don't I don't know, it was just like you said took too long to go to get going. There was a lot of walking and you know, in a forest and yeah, and uh, I I got more engaged as the movie went on, but it w- it was a lot less than what I was expecting it to be, and I guess part of that is maybe my own expectations, but also in general, I feel like the movie just not wasn't clear, but I don't know, it wasn't. It w- I, okay, it really just wasn't what I wanted it to be. I'm to with you, it, and, it and it's interesting. That's that's it's that's unfortunate, right? Because you're such a horror movie fan, um, and so for this to kind of be on your radar and then not live up to expectations is definitely disappointing. Um, but I feel like that's also the horror genre in general, right? You got your some really some really good ones, and I think the last few years have been really kind to horror films and to the genre as a whole. But I think you occasionally come across these movies that just don't resonate with people, and they're just not that good. Like um, The Unholy, which we saw the week before. Uh, so, um, yeah, that that's the horror genre in a nutshell, really. I feel like it's it's back and forth in terms of quality. But this week, we did not see a horror film that it, today, but we did see the big Warner Brothers release. The uh, we saw Mortal Kombat. Fatality. Oh, okay. I I all right. I didn't know you were gonna do that. Um, yeah. we saw Mortal Kombat. It was pretty good. It's not for somebody who who's only seen the movie, not the games. That wasn't too bad. Um. We both enjoyed this. Yeah, we did. I honestly talk about my own expectations or talk about not seeing what I want. I the movie gave me everything that I wanted. I it is a video game movie and so was I looking for, you know, spectacular acting or dialogue, not necessarily, but was I looking for like good CG and great fighting, really cool fighting? Yeah, hell yeah, and that's exactly what I got, and so I was, I very much enjoyed it. We, you're not the biggest video game fan, right? Like that's that's not your thing. You like uh, you play 2K and you play MLB the Show. Um, I'm a bigger video game fan. I'm usually at least once a week or twice a week playing some kind of video game. But I had never played the Mortal Kombat games, so going into it, I haven't seen the movies, the adaptations, the 90, 95 or anything. I haven't seen, I haven't played any of the video games even in the last few years. I kind of always stayed away from that. Um, I have to say though, when you when you hear video game adaptation, you don't think good things. That's just how the that this this particular subgenre has never had a good reputation. I happen to think in the last few years we've had some really good ones, or at least some serviceable ones on the cusp of greatness. Um, I think Sonic the Hedgehog was a pleasant surprise. I think Tomb Raider 2016, and I love Alicia Vikander, I think that was actually pretty good. Um, uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, I think that was pretty good. Uh, so Mortal Kombat comes around, and you're like, alright, things seem to be turning around, WB's putting a lot of money into this, can this be good? The trailer was exciting, and it delivered. I think the acting was more than serviceable. Um, I think the fight scenes were gruesome and gory, which is Mortal Kombat, of course. And they looked great. 
Uh, I was I was excited. Uh, it it never it never dragged. It was never boring. It was a breeze. It was fun. Um, and I'm down for a sequel. Same. And and I think with with video game movies, we've seen multiple adaptations of the same one. Like there was a there was Lara Croft Tomb Raider, the one starring Angelina Jolie, nearly 20 years ago now that pretty much bombed. And so. I mean, I stand by those two, but I grew up with those two, and, a little different. And obviously Mortal Kombat from the 90s, right? So these are also popular to to remake, you know, every generation, every other generation. And so I think, like, wh- how the movie was today is sort of a good format to, to follow if you want to keep remaking, you know, video game movies, basically. I, I think that the with Sonic the Hedgehog 2... Uh, on the way i'm drawing a blank on what other video game movies oh the uncharted movie though i'm a little iffy on that but but i'll have some faith there mark Wahlberg and tom holland and then the hbo series i know it's not a movie but then the hbo adaptation of the last of us which is a video game masterpiece um i'm excited by that so i think we're kind of on the upswing with that um and i think wb uh, it's being mortal kombat's been getting mixed reception it really has but I um I actually I I think this could be a success if at least enough people go out to see it and enough eyes turn to it on HBO Max. It's not it's really not bad. It's really really not bad. So if you are listening, I encourage you to just go uh turn your brain off a little bit. That suspension of disbelief is definitely real high, but you should you should know that going to the movies in general. Grab a bucket of popcorn and just have fun. Just have a ton of fun. There's humor in this. It's it's it really is a good time at the theater. Uh, okay, so we 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 covered Jeremy. We covered basically what we've watched, what we're going to be watching. Um, is there anything exciting coming out soon that you're looking forward to? Depends on your definition of soon, but um, yeah, I mean there there's there's a bunch coming up that I'm looking forward to. But you know, we have in a couple of weeks we have Spiral. You know that. Um, newest addition to the Saw movies, you could say, starring uh, Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, we have Wrath of Man, another Guy Ritchie film with Jason Statham, and I'm just, I can't wait for all the action that I'm, I'm going to see out of that. Uh, that Those are kind of the two that I'm looking forward to right now, just because they're, they're closest. Uh, but yeah, what about you? Well, I mean, yeah, I was thinking more in the immediate future. Uh, wow. Tomorrow we have plans to go see Yesterday. I mean, uh, not Yesterday, Yesterday. Together, Together, uh, starring Ed Helms and Patty Harrison. Uh, so that's, I'm I'm very excited about that. That's about, um, well, I'll read you the, the synopsis. When a young loner becomes the gestational surrogate for a single man in his 40s, the two strangers come to realize this unexpected relationship will challenge their perceptions of connection, boundaries, in the particulars of love, um, I'm I'm I I love romance or not even romance movies, but like rom com type. It doesn't even seem like it's going in the romantic aspect with this, which is great. That nice turn, um, but also just it looks like it's so full of heart and humor, um, and I love both of these actors. Um, I know we you've seen more of Ed Helms. You're a huge Office fan. Um, yes. So so that's 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 exciting, and we'll see that tomorrow. So we can talk I about that next the movie, week. Tag that came out back in 2018. Tag was so good. Ed Helms, Jake Johnson, John Hamm, and 
just such a great cast. And that was so good. That was so much I better than to, I expected it to be. I actually have a, a good story from it. I, I couldn't fall. I woke up early in the day. I don't know how or why, but I just couldn't fall back asleep. So I was like, what should I do today? And I looked at my phone and looked up showtimes and saw that the movie was playing at 8 o'clock right here near us at, at the AMC. So I was like, why not? So got my got my bag of Twizzlers, pretty much one of only three people in the theater because it's so early, and saw the movie, and it was just, I just really loved it. I think I saw that the evening before we went on our yearly retreat, I think. I'm not sure. Or I have the dates completely wrong. Either way, saw myself after work at some point, so... But uh, that's definitely a big recommendation because I didn't think that'd be half as entertaining as it was, and it well it was. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah, that is that about covers it. But for the stuff we've watched, um, what we watched today, if we go to see a movie on the day that we're recording, and then what's coming up that we're super excited for, uh, including tomorrow's movie, which we'll talk about next week most likely. Um. The main. Again, impetus, as Jeremy would put it for this show, is the fact that the Oscars are right around the corner. And by right around the corner, I mean two days' time from now, on Sunday, from when we're recording this on Friday. Uh, And this is, I have said this for years, the Oscars are my Super Bowl. There is no point in the year that I am more excited for. And I understand how much uh, the conversation goes on about are award shows even necessary? And then we go into a lot of the issues award shows have in terms of, you know, not, I, you know, a lack of representation and, and diversity and all that stuff really does matter. Um, and, and change has been way too slow. But I just love films so much that even though the awards themselves may not mean anything, right, and we have work to do, this work, this industry has a lot of work to do, I still just love celebrating movies. Uh, so, like Jeremy said, this was the perfect time to record, a perfect time to start our first episode, and how could we not start our first episode uh, without covering the Oscars in, in some way or form? So, what we're going to do today, uh, Jeremy and I are going to go over 10 arguably biggest categories, um, and we're going to go through them. Uh, I'll, I'll list them out before we start, uh, and we'll, we'll work backwards up to, obviously, the big one of the night, best picture, uh, and we will go over what we think will win, and what we wish would win. Sometimes that may line up, and sometimes that may not. Um, but I think this will be a lot of fun because even Jeremy and I haven't really sat down to talk about and and really discuss what what we think will win. And this could be based upon what we just think of the movie as a whole, or what we based upon the awards that they've been winning leading up to this. Uh, so. The categories we will be going over are cinematography, animated feature, adapted screenplay, original screenplay, actress in a supporting role, actor in a supporting role, actress in a leading role, actor in a leading role, best director, and best picture. All right, Jeremy, are you ready? Always. Let's go. All right, so... Working backwards, in the same order I just gave, let's start with cinematography. Now, the nominations are for Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomadland, and The Trial of Chicago 7. 
What is your pick for what will win it, and what do you want to win it? My pick for best cinematography, and I, I mean, this was really tough because I honestly think Nomadland might win in just every category that it's nominated in, but I think I'm going to go with The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, I just think it was a very well-made movie, and I think while there are a lot of issues, it just seems like the type of movie that would win. You know, we always talk about this quote-unquote Oscar-type movie, and I think that's kind of what's fueling uh, Trial of Chicago 7's sort of run, or at least string of nominations. Um, so yeah, I think, so for my, my, I put my prediction as the Trial of Chicago 7, and I think it will win. So, uh, is that what you also want to win? Yes, because okay. honestly, I think it was a great movie. And I don't think it has much of a chance in some of its other categories. Um, maybe it'll finish second or third, but I don't think it has much of a chance at winning, let's say, Best Picture. Um, so, yeah, this is the movie I want to win is what I think will win. I really think the only other chance that Trial of Chicago 7 has is really maybe for original screenplay. Um, but we'll get into that, and I don't think so. Uh, for cinematography, my prediction and my want... Uh, my, my desired choice are the same here, and that is Mank. Um, I think to achieve what they did in terms of making this look exactly like Citizen Kane, from the from the landscapes to the black and white nature of it, to the composition of shots, to angles, to lighting, everything um, that is that is squished in each frame um, is not just a love letter. It's it's this. It's this unimaginable recreation of the 40s, of 40s Hollywood. Um, I was blown away by it. And I really think that's just some some next level cinematography going on. Um, I think Nomadland had that chance also, because as you said, it has kind of has a chance to win everything. It's all the major categories it's nominated for. But I just think Mank is on another level of recreation um, that that I I think that could end up taking it home. And I also think Mank isn't actually going to win in a lot of other categories. Um, I think it might be one of those. So even though it's it's nominated for quite a bit. Yeah, so... to, to, to get to Mank, um, I think it'll kind of have like the Irishman treatment in which it gets a lot of nominations but doesn't really get any wins or any score, any major wins. And I just, I, I think... I agree with everything you said. I just don't think that it will win. Um, I don't know that a lot of people like this movie too much. I, But, you know, we're not really going to talk about this, but production design, I actually think Mank will win. Um, I think you're having it set in the 40s. I think, you know, the, the costumes and the dress and makeup, like, I just think all of that contributes to the production design. And... So I think if we were going to talk about that, I think it would win in production design. But yeah, I, th I still think it's a pretty good choice on your part. I just don't think it's going to win. Uh, we can go into a little bit more about why Mank, and because because it might show up later in my in my picks. But um, I, that yeah. is something that it's a movie that the more and more I think about it, the more I fall in love with it. And I know I am kind of in a minority there. Um, all right, let's go to animated feature. So this one's kind of a pick that. Um, we almost don't even really need to go over it, but I picked it because I'm a little selfish. 
Um, so I'm pretty sure that we both, and we can both just, just go right into this. I'm pretty sure we both are saying that Soul is going to win. That's that's our pretty clear prediction, right? Yes. Um, yeah, uh, there's really no surprise there. I will say, though, a selfish part of me really does miss the, 2D, the days of 2D animation. Um, and I think Wolf Walkers, the Apple TV original, is... An absolutely stunning film that combines so many different genres and tropes to create this beautiful, beautiful movie that is another one in terms of the movies that have really stuck with me this year that was surprising. Um, and so it's kind of a, yes, I'm predicting soul and the world is predicting soul and it had probably 99.9% .9 chance it's going to win, but I would love to have seen Wolf Walkers um, take, that, take that. In a year that doesn't have soul... Maybe, because I do think it's actually better than Onward or Over the Moon. And I haven't seen Shaun the Sheep, uh, Farmageddon. But, um, yeah, with Soul out there, obviously, Soul's going to take that one. Yeah, and when, with that said, you wonder... I think Wolfwalkers would have had more of a chance had um, there not been COVID. Cause, I mean, it came out around this, you know, Oscars time, of, you know, November, December, late in the year. And Soul was originally slated to come out in June. So you wonder if that movie would have been, you know, on the minds of, of a lot of voters and a lot of the public, you know, if it had come out back in June instead of when it was released, which was Christmas Day, you know? Yeah, I, I, yeah, to be fair, you know what? It's also the fact that Wolf Walkers is, um, it's an Apple TV original. And if you have an Apple device or you just bought an Apple device, you get a year of Apple TV for free. But I don't know how many people are really shelling out money for Apple TV over any other kind of competitive streaming service. So I also just think naturally being on that service is going to get a lot less eyes than anything that drops on Disney Plus or in theaters that has the Disney name on it. So, um, yeah, but we both agree Soul will win animated feature. Yeah, uh, there, there, there's no doubt about it. All right, so now we have adapted screenplay, um, and the nominations here are Borat's subsequent movie film, The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger. Um, I'll go. I'll go first with this one. I think my prediction: uh, Nomadland. I think what Chloe Zhao does with with that original story and and the way she adapts it for the screen and. And just everything she does to authentically recreate this whole scenario um, and this whole lifestyle um, beyond just what we see, but everything that went into the writing process, I it's one of these big categories that I see it could take. Um, now, what do I want, right? What would I want to win? The only, the only real nomination this movie got, right, outside of supporting is supporting actor in a supporting role, One Night in Miami which we kind of both agree is a snub. Very big best snub. Picture. I've been fighting for that movie since the moment I saw it. Yeah, uh, this is... Again, we talk about movies, and I've already said it a couple times, but now we talk about movies that leave a real impact on you after watching, and One Night in Miami does that. One Night in Miami is this movie that just sparks a conversation, and there are a few that do this here, but I really think it does it um, more than some of the others, and to see it... To see this as a directorial directorial debut from Regina King, this all-star cast, this beautiful movie, and to not have any real support behind it is it's actually heartbreaking for me. Um, so that's why this would be my 
uh, pick if if I had to choose uh, for adapted screenplay. That's what I would love to win. And honestly, I think Regina King got got snubbed for best director as well. I mean, one hundred percent. She's had this crazy good, you know, really. She's a really popular. She's had this great acting career, and this is her first ever, you know, role as a director. Really, first ever movie directing, and it was, you know, a lot of people like it. And I just think it was snubbed in Best Picture and Best Director. I think you have it deserves a lot more. I think credit. you have to give it credit because the fact that this movie, which may, mainly takes place in one hotel room, outside of a couple of scenes that are outside, and it still remains just as invigorating and engaging, is something that really is worthy of praise. And obviously, that has a lot to do with the actors as well. Um, and one of them was nominated for actor in a supporting role. But that really comes down to also direction. And I really, Regina King, the way she just crafts this, this tightly compact movie that's just so engaging, uh, is, it's absolutely amazing. So 100% a snub this year at the Oscars. 100%. All right. Yeah. Your pick for adapted screenplay. My pick for adapted was Nomadland. I just think Nomadland's going to win. and I, So I'm basically on the same page as you. That... I wanted One Night in Miami to win. I loved it. It's one of my favorite movies of the last 12 months or of the last 15 months. If you want to go since start 2020. Um, and yeah, but I think I think Nomadland is going to gonna take it. Yeah, I mean, no surprise. Is that also your want? Yeah, one, no. One, one Night in Miami was my want. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. What I think will win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, so we're, we're pretty much, we are in agreement all the way forward so far. Um, so, uh, original screenplay is next. Um, and here the nominees are for Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago 7, of the Chicago 7. Uh, so, what's your pick and what do you want to win? Honestly, for original screenplay... My pick is Promising Young Woman, and I think uh, I think I do think that'll win. That is the current favorite by oddsmakers, and I don't really see where it went wrong or where Emerald Fennell went wrong. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna pick Promising Young Woman, but as I told you, I don't think Trial of Chicago Seven is gonna win much. Um, so I do have that as the movie I want to win, but I do think. Promising young woman will end up taking it. Uh, I'm with you. I do think promising young woman is going to take it. Also because I don't think it's going to take the um, the other things that it's nominated yeah, for. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I think Carrie Mulligan maybe has a chance, but I don't know. But definitely for original screenplay, you know, I like it. I think Carrie Mulligan's an outside chance. I think it's possible, and she really is phenomenal in this film. That's not me knocking that whatsoever. And this film in general is phenomenal. Um, but I think for original screenplay, so that's both my pick and prediction, right? Um, I want it to win because I loved it, and I do think it's it'll win because out of all of the um, the original screenplays, there it really does take this um, revenge story, but it, it twists it, um, and it does something that is that is so compelling and so so needed right now, and shines such a light uh, on something that really isn't covered in the way that it covers it. And so I know that was slightly vague, but it is something that I think that everybody should go see when they have the chance. It's power. It's really powerful stuff. 
Um, okay, so moving right along and going through this faster than I thought we would. Uh, actress in a supporting role. Now, this is a pick. Oh, this is a pick where I I, I actually pick the actress that uh, in the movie I haven't seen. Um, just because of the prestige of the movie itself, and maybe you and I will get to it before Sunday, maybe we won't. Um, either way, we both have to see it. Now, I picked Olivia Coleman for The Father. Um, that is, you know, it's just when I look at the, when I look at the rest of the, um, Glenn Close is possible for Hillbilly Elegy, though I haven't seen that, nor have, you know, Hillbilly Elegy is, is stuck in a lot of also controversy and it's, it's portrayal. Um... Maria Bakalova, I know she's kind of like this fan favorite to to win it, uh, which is which is awesome. I loved Borat's subsequent movie film as well, so I, a lot more than I thought I would, but I just don't see that happening either. Um, Amanda Seyfried and Mank, uh, I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, I want to win because again, her portrayal is and and embodying that character in that time period is absolutely flawless. And that is an entire different way of acting for that film. It's not, it's not just changing the voice. It's changing mannerisms, pitch, everything. Uh, so that I want Amanda Seyfried, 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 correct me. I do think it's uh, Seyfried. Seyfried, thank you. I yes. want Amanda Seyfried to win, but I'm picking Olivia Coleman because Olivia Coleman's also a powerhouse um, and Oscar winner. So... Those, those, those are my picks and prediction. On to me. Um, oh, I didn't know I had to like cue you in. I would have thought you'd just pick up. Well, I was cueing myself in. Well, it was flawless. Please uh, continue. The person who I want to win in this is the same person who I think will win. Um, and my mind has really been changed on this in the last couple of months. So I know Olivia Coleman is a powerhouse actress. I just think, um, I just don't know how the father is going to do because, like you said, with um, Wolf Walkers, the amount of people seeing the movie, right? Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't really know if it, if it, that movie in general, you know, on an acting level or on a film level, will get recognized the way you know maybe should. Um, but I used to think that Amanda Seyfried was like one of the you know, runaway winners and, but in recent year, in recent memory, you know, with, with what's been going on. And I honestly think Ya Jung Yoon for Minari is going to win. I know she's, mm. she's, been doing, she's been doing, I know, I know, but I think Minari was in really, really good film. And her, her performance was, I don't know. It was, it was great. Like it was, it was pretty powerful. And you think about, one of the actors who's also been getting a lot of love, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but the kid actor who who has also actually you know won won an award or two um, during this award season, she she's like the exact opposite of this kid, and it's just a really powerful performance in a movie that I honestly love, and so for both who I want to win, who I think will win, uh, Ya Jung Yoon for Minari. Yeah, I mean that's safe. She uh she won at the Screen Actors Guild, she yeah. won at the SAG Awards. Uh, and I think that's that's actually a good pick. Uh, I I would I could I could see her pulling, um pulling out the win also. I I could, I really Thank definitely could. 
Um, all right, so actor in a supporting role. Your personal pick and your prediction, good sir. Actor in a supporting role, I think I think you're going to be in agreement with me. Um, Daniel Kaluuya on all fronts, I think, deserves this award. Um, if there's anyone who I would like to see besides him, it's Leslie Odom Jr., another One Night in Miami. Um, you know, got to show some love for One Night in Miami. I think his performance was insanely good. And... You know, he contributed to, like, the music in that movie. And, yeah, I just think his performance was really, really good. But I think Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, I mean, I don't know how you can go otherwise. But, yeah, maybe you will. I don't know. But, yeah, he's he's my pick. Uh, I, I mean, I'm in agreement, and I think he's the runaway winner. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, it's just a powerhouse um, portrayal of Fred Hampton. It's, he's become one of the best actors yeah, he's of, one of the best young actors I, working right now, one hundred percent. Um, and I, he will win. I, I, I can say that almost pretty certainly. I really do think he will win. Um, he's not my want, right? He's not my personal pick. And again, I do this partially, selfishly for One Night in Miami, Leslie Odom Jr. because that that cast and that movie got zero love, and it is such a it is such an amazing movie. Uh, so I would love to see it get some more appreciation so i have my personal pick is leslie odom jr uh but my prediction 100 percent daniel kaluuya 100 like if i had to put money on something right like I, I i can't put money on a ton of things animated feature and a few others but like actor in a supporting role uh daniel kaluuya 100 percent um okay actress in a leading role uh i had trouble picking a, a prediction in terms of predicting, right, leading up to this, Andre Day has gotten a lot of, uh, has has been pretty much taking it in terms of um, all the awards for best, for best actress in a leading role and most of the awards this award season. So I can see that being the case again. It's another movie that I don't know how many people saw and the movie itself has not done well critically, but that doesn't always affect the actor's chances. Um, so... If I had to pick uh, Andre Day, now I also could see Carrie Mulligan having an outside chance like we talked about. Frances McDormand is kind of always a powerhouse at the Oscars, and she's just one of those act- She's She's so good. She's just ridiculously good in every single thing. Um, Viola Davis is also just transformative in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. My personal pick, though, would be Vanessa Kirby, who I don't think gets enough love as an actor i think she is someone who is always solid in everything she's good if not great and this one she was more than great she was phenomenal and the pain that she captures in her performance is just next level and i'm so glad you finally saw that film because it's another one that just really leaves you feeling a certain way after um and not every film can do that and she is the massive heart of that film. And so I would love to see Vanessa Kirby take it home. I don't think she will, though. Yeah, I think I think Vanessa Kirby is going to be in this discussion for a lot while longer. Um, you're right. It was like her coming out party as as an actress, as a really like solidified herself as, you know, one of the better actresses out there. And so I understand your pick. 
the my personal pick is Viola Davis. I was I watched this movie the day it came out, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and I didn't know who I was looking at. <laughs> and when I realized it was her, I just couldn't believe it. I don't know, but I I don't know. I just think when when you're able to play a role that's totally different or you're able to look totally different to fit the role, I just think, like, we look at what Christian Bale has done throughout his career, and I love Christian Bale, and part of the reason is he, he's been able to literally change himself for these roles. and and Or you look at Joaquin Phoenix for when he won Joker last year, you know, to make himself look, you know, in this decrepit state and pull off this really good performance. I think that's what Viola Davis did. Um, but I do think uh, Francis McDormand's going to take it. I don't think Nomadland is what it is as a movie without her, as this central figure um, portraying, you know, what to do with your life, at, you know, during grief, how that kind of, how grief can affect people and this this nomad lifestyle and, why you choose this lifestyle i think yeah i just think we we all love love nomadland i think she will win because i honestly don't think it would be the movie that it is without her uh yeah uh like i said francis mcdormand in everything is phenomenal uh and in nomadland 100 percent agree with you she this movie is not the same without her um and she really is the heart of this um and it really is a phenomenal film, which we'll talk about when we get to uh, a little further on. Uh, it definitely deserves everything it's going to get this Oscar season, in, at this Oscars. Um, the next one we have is actor in a leading role. And I think we kind of all know who's going to take this. Uh, and that is Chaswick, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, and it, it's well-deserved. It's 100% well-deserved. It is a phenomenal performance. It is probably his best performance as well in, in everything that, that I have seen him in. Um, 42, uh, Black Panther and all the Marvel movies, obviously in Marshall as Thurgood Marshall. Um, this, he really does outshine all of those other performances of his. And he has so much charisma. And I think it's well-deserved. Um, in, in any other year, Right, I think a lot of this also happens because he passed away, and there was all that support behind it, and that that takes nothing away from his performance because it really is phenomenal. Um, in any other year, though, I haven't seen The Father, but everyone is calling the Anthony Hopkins' best performance of all time, and that's that's really must be saying something because this is a guy who's been around forever, who's been nominated before, who who is a prestige actor, right? When he joins a project, um, so that. And I also would love to see Riz Ahmed get some some love for Sound of Metal. I think he is also one of the best act, young actors working right now who doesn't get nearly enough attention. Uh, and Sound of Metal was a pretty was a pretty special movie. But Chadwick Boseman will will win for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and I think that's a that's a obviously a very good choice. I agree. Uh I also picked um I also predicted Chadwick Boseman to win, and he's also the pick that I want to win. Uh, you know how much I love Chadwick Boseman and his range of acting in terms of the performances and what he's able to do as an actor and his just presence on screen. And I know you didn't watch Defied Bloods, but 
he as you know he wasn't in the he wasn't part of the main cast right but as a supporting role in defy bloods i mean he was very powerful as well and he's just he's very good and capable of taking on these roles and in ma rainey's black bottom he was just you know a slimmer you know chadwick boseman than we usually see and and his famous monologues from that film i just yeah, I think he's the overwhelming pick. And he's a pick 10. He's a person that I want to win as well. You know, I guess very sen- that's a very sentimental pick. But I know I know there's been a lot of attention surrounding uh, Anthony Hopkins, like you said. And I know we are going to see that movie uh, sometime within the next two days. I know we have some plans to um, to do. But, yeah, I think, I think it'll be Chadwick Chad Boseman. But I do think in any of the year, it, it might be a real fight with him anthony hopkins or maybe anthony hopkins takes it but yeah so chadwick boseman uh yeah we're definitely in agreement uh so we have we're down to our last two categories um and first is director best director uh the nominations are lee isaac chung for minari emerald Fennell for promising young woman david fincher for mank thomas vinterberg for another round and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Now, what is your personal pick, and what is your prediction? I don't know what you're thinking about, but um, I think we both have Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, um, and I'd yep. be surprised if we didn't, but I just think all the love and attention she's getting and how many people have been able to see this movie and and just how, how big of a masterpiece like it was or how great of a masterpiece it was, sorry, um as a film and as not just a film as in by entertainment wise but as like a work of art um i just think chloe zhao has turned into one of the best directors going and i can't wait for uh eternals that i know she's um in charge of so yeah chloe zhao for nomadland uh, is going to be the winner i think going to be the winner but it's also my my personal pick uh, my it's definitely my prediction Chloe Zhao for Nomadland the this intimate uh, story that she crafts about around grief right and how how to move forward and then this nomad lifestyle and what this means to each person in it um, and and how she goes about filming and and crafting the story also around a, a lifestyle um, using people that are actually from that lifestyle who actual nomads and not uh, they're not actors. I mean, most of the actors in this movie, I say with quotations in the air, are actually just nomads, are, are real people uh, who, who, who do this. And so I think the way she's able to craft this entire story with Frances McDormand um, and then with, with everything she's trying to tell, it's this sweeping, um, this sweeping emotional ride. And I think that she is ridiculously exciting i'm so excited for what she's going to do with um eternals yeah. uh, and the way she everything i've heard about that film is also has me very excited so i think she's just kind of one of the best directors working right now um i haven't seen her last film but i've heard only good things about it so uh, definitely yeah chloe zhao chloe zhao for nomadland um i would love to have wait, seen wait wait um if you had to if you had to pick like a runner-up in this category, not personally, but like I guess maybe a prediction or personally, who would you who would you take? Emerald Fennell. Um, okay. For a promising young woman, 
Um, I think, I don't think, you know, as much as I love Mank, I don't think it's David Fincher's best work. Um, as much as I love Minari, I don't think that, and I actually happen to like Minari as a film more than Nomadland. Like, if I'm ranking them, I put Minari ahead of it, and we'll talk about that for Best Picture. Um, and I haven't seen another round, but you have, so I, I couldn't really choose Fincherberg. But what Fennell does with Promising Young Woman, and then that story that she crafts, um, again, very intimate, but also so wide scale for everything that it's trying to touch on and everything it's trying to teach and everything it's trying to tell us is also just this, and, and again, composition, and that can go to cinematography also, but, you know, we're just talking about director, composition, the way shots are framed, and, you know, subtlety, everything. Uh, I, I would love if, again, this movie got some more recognition, because I think it might end up getting a little swept under the rug here. So Emerald yeah, Fennell, if I had but to. I, I think somehow David Fincher hasn't won an Oscar yet, and that's, I think we, we, we got to get him an Oscar at some point. That's um, mind-blowing. I don't understand I agree it. with you that it's not his best work. Um, that would either be Gone Girl or The Social Network, I think, more particularly. You need to go see Network. Gone Girl, bro. Um, you really do. And and I've heard like amazing things about a lot of his films and about him as a director, and while Mank isn't his best, you know, if it wasn't Chloe Zhao, I probably would have wanted David Fincher to win. Uh, I actually have Mank is is in my top five of films, and I again, like I've told you, it's it, in my top ten. It it really grows on me, and I have loved this film more and more with like each passing week. So I'd love Mank to get some more love. Also, I just think for promising young woman and for what it is and what it does and what it says. Uh, that I would love Emerald Fennell to get some more appreciation. But if I'm like between the both of them, those are two movies that I think are going to be completely swept under the rugs this uh, yeah. this Oscar. Unfortunately. So, um, all right. So that was Best Director. And now we're down to our final category, obviously the big category for the night. And that is Best... Di- best. Ugh, we just went through Director. Best Picture. Uh, and the nominees are The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah... Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Can I just say something? About uh, no, you're not allowed. How dare you? Huh. You're funny. I think, like I told you this when nominations first came out, that, you know, all these, these are, a lot of these movies are getting attention that would not have gotten this sort of attention in a normal year. And I'm very happy about that. Um, and while maybe one or two of them aren't necessarily deserving of, you know, winning best picture a couple of them, but I just, I'm very happy with this slate of nominees and, you know, the year of 2020 will be remembered for COVID more so than anything else, but it has brought us fantastic movies as well. And I think this 2021 oscars in general whether you know you can debate its importance during this time and whether we need an an academy awards or anything right now is you know certainly warranted if you doubt it or if you think you know it really doesn't matter right now but i think that we have this to look forward to and that we have have had these movies to watch throughout the last year uh i'm just very glad that these movies especially like the ones in these best picture are able to you know get this attention and credit and love that they 
probably would not be getting in a normal year. There are so many films last year that I saw that I don't know would ever get like a massive wide release. Um, and I think that is what this Oscars kind of represents. Now, a lot of those films I saw are not here, but it's the idea that these these smaller, more intimate films are being nominated in a year that when we didn't have such massive releases because of the pandemic. Um, and we are still in some cases, you know, we're still in a pandemic. That's not what I'm saying. But in some cases, the movie theaters, movies haven't complete. It's not, they're not gone. And this shows that they're not gone whatsoever, but the theater experience and these big blockbusters and massive movies that get such what mainstream and wide appeal, um, we're not going to get as much just yet, right? And we're still slowly going back to that. And I think the opportunity for these films to be highlighted and showcased because these kind of films, like a movie like Sound of Metal, um, a movie like The Father, Jews and the Black Messiah, I don't know how much how much play those movies get in a regular in a regular year. And to see them... I to, think Nomadland and Minari too, I think... I don't know how much play they would get either. There's always those those movies that I think get... I think some of these... A movie that could have fit into somewhere here that did get a lot of love was actually Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, and I think that actually fits very much with the vibe of this year's nominations. I guess so. Um, I think... So I think... But that's not to say that... that uh, that's not to say that, like, um, that's the norm, right? And And these movies definitely definitely deserve all the love that they're getting and deserve everything that they win like i don't think there's anything though that's on this list that's on this ballot here that doesn't deserve to be here right i i think these are all just wonderful beautiful films they're beautiful performances um the, the all the cast and crew everything that the everything that everyone's being nominated for everyone deserves it so i do agree with you completely that these movies may not have gotten this kind of love but that doesn't mean they don't deserve it. And because we've had such a different year and such a crazy year, they are getting the attention um, that they deserve. And hopefully this is a trend that goes forward, right? It can be a mix. It doesn't need to be that that these kind of movies are, are again, pushed aside for the more mainstream and widely seen films, right? Because these, these, I think, are fantastic. And a couple of these, I think, are just some of the best that I've seen in the past couple years, right? Regardless of just one year over the pandemic. So I hope this is a trend that keeps going forward. I really do. Um, okay. So I'm pretty sure we both have the same prediction for best picture. And that is Nomadland. Yes. I'm correct. Yep. I thought so. Um, this is 100% Chloe Zhao's year. That movie is, it is breathtaking and beautiful and it deserves, it definitely deserves Best Picture, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree and I, I'm not, I think there are a couple of others that could come close to winning just based on, you know, past voting or, you know, how things normally look, but I just don't see any way in which this doesn't win, in which Chloe, sh and it, I think it could be like sort of sort of a parasite last year, in which, you know, except for you know the fact that Parasite wasn't an overwhelming favorite, but it still ended up winning you know multiple big awards last year, and I think it'll be Nomadland with Chloe Zhao multiple big awards this year. 
Yeah, Parasite, I was so happy when Parasite won last year. I was so excited because I think that was yeah, definitely like a dark horse. Uh, it, it, it's other like things that are outside the norm, you know, can be possible. I know a lot of people, a lot of experts predicted 1917 to win and Sam Mendes for Best Director. And it just, you know, things just completely flipped around. And yeah, it just made it seem like movies like this or, you know, you know, can be possible to win. I think they just got it right last year. 1917, and as much as I love 1917, it's the safer pick, right? Yeah, it's almost sure. like the Oscar bait type pick. Like, you know it's... And it's a, that's not to say anything about the quality of the film because it's expertly crafted and, and he really does create an insane, insane movie um, that's just phenomenal in every way. But to see Parasite such a dark horse and to see a foreign film nonetheless, you know... No, to, to take the home best picture that's incredible so i was so happy when parasite won last year um in terms of what would i want to win right i do think nomadland is also the best of if not you know one of the best on that list i happen to like minari slightly more but i don't think it's the same kind of powerful affecting movie that nomadland is it's it's a lot it's a lot more it's a lot more comfort I think that's the word for it. I also love Mank so much, so I would love Mank to get some credit, but I don't think it's going to take Best Picture. I think that is Nomadland. This is Nomadland's year. Yeah, I'm actually going off book. If there was another movie, I, I would take One Night in Miami. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, um, that's completely sound. We, we, I, I obviously, if, if that was if, on this list. If I, if there was an official voting, and I, you know, I would do a uh, write-in ballot you know, for One Night in Miami. Um, but if just choosing the ones on here, yeah, I think uh, Minari or Honestly Promising Young Woman. Uh, yeah, that, those would be my picks if I, if, if there was no Nomadland, in all honesty. You know, we, we talked about the fact that Best Picture, um, you can have up to 10 nominations, right? The Academy, yeah. when they opened that up, what was it a little over, over a decade ago, right? Was it after 2008, I really? think? Yeah, but if 2008 um, is when they put that. You can have 10 nominations. So the fact that One Night in Miami did not get nominated kind of boggles my mind. Because I feel like that's just like the yeah. one thing that's left out. I wouldn't take any of these movies off. As I yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I know me and you feel a little bit differently about it. But I think that's a movie that also... Uh, I think that's a movie that also would... You know, I don't think anyone would have sort of bad in an eye if Ma Rainey's Black Bottom got nominated as well. But I think, yeah, like mostly uh, One Night in Miami was snubbed for sure. I think as as a play adaptation, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is mostly a performance showcase, right? Um, and not just for Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis, but for the rest of the actors. So I think that's what propels that movie. But as a film, I don't see it on the same level as the rest of these. But again... Ten agree nominations, yeah. Agree to disagree. That's 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 kind of the point. But again, Tom, ten nominations, and both One Night in Miami and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom could have gotten on there without taking yeah. out anything else, right? And it still would have gotten that love because, you know, there's also a certain prestige that comes with nominated for an Academy Award, even if it doesn't win, right? And sure. yeah. having movies get that kind of recognition is still still special. And it's something also as a film fan I would love to see. So One Might in Miami, though, is my big snub. 
is my massive snub that should have gotten so much more than it did. I know um, I've mentioned it like ten times this 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 podcast, but yeah, no, just, not not just you, me. I've mentioned I've I listen. I've mentioned multiple things multiple times. But one night in Miami, I I think we rightfully sh- we rightfully so should be like singing its praises and letting everyone know multiple times because it really is an amazing film. It is on Amazon Prime Video, so if you would like to go watch that, you can go watch that now, and I totally suggest you would because it is a breeze to watch. It is powerful, it is affecting, and it is worth it, and it's fantastic directing and fantastic performances. But enough about One Night in Miami. Nomadland definitely takes Best Picture, in my mind. Yeah, we have sang Nomadland's praises a lot this this episode as well, and rightfully so. It Chloe Zhao and Nomadland and everyone that worked on that film, Francis McDormand, it, everyone's just so so deserving. It is such a masterpiece. I uh, yeah, can't can't go wrong with that as the winner. You cannot. Well, that wraps up our 2021 Oscar ballot, you know, personal picks and predictions. Uh, we did the 10, 10 major categories, a couple of them arguably whether or not they would be in the top 10 major, you know, that's dependent on each person. Um, but that was our main segment for today. Uh, Jeremy, how do you feel after your first episode? This wasn't too bad, was it? Uh well, first off, didn't want to make it seem like I was blowing you off until Oscars, until the Oscars rolled around. You and, totally you know, were. I said yes. I, I guess maybe I'm on just a movie high right now, watching a bunch of different movies within the last week or so. But, but yeah, you know, I feel good. I'm glad we were able to talk about this. I know we haven't really talked about it before. Had this conversation going, you know, going through each thing. I know we talk about different movies here and there. Um, but not we have never really had this Oscar, you know, conversation. And I think a lot of the picks are pretty much already like guaranteed in all honesty. But I'm glad we had this conversation. I'm glad that, you know, finally agreed to do a podcast with you. Um I just I know you have a lot to say about movies and I know that I usually have a lot to say as well. And maybe it was the sound of my voice that was stopping me, who knows? But yeah, I, I think this this past hour, this first episode went pretty well. I think this went as flawless as two people who really don't do podcasts. It could go. It's about as flawless as it could go, I think. Um, I'm glad you finally said yes. You totally were waiting until Oscars, but I won't hold that against you. That's okay. Um, and yeah, I'm glad that we did this because we do have so much to say about the films that we see. You know, a lot of the times we see them together. We probably see about, you know, uh, 60% of the films each year together, at least. Right? Yeah, but there's still a there. bunch that we don't see together and we don't always talk about. We just kind of pass each other. You know, we pass each other in the kitchen and we say, oh, I saw this. How was it? Good. Oh, that's great. And then we just kind of go on our way and we don't really talk about it. <laughs> that's so us. Th- and it really is. It, it really is. It's us with everything. Uh, yeah. But this gives us the chance to really sit down and talk about it. And Except for the Lakers. At, uh, well, you, I ha- listen, I, there are some things I struggle to not talk about, okay? And so I will find you and I will talk about it and we're going to have a conversation, okay? So just let it be, man. Just let it be. All right? And you've had more to say about the Knicks this year, right? Because the Knicks are actually doing something. So, you yeah. know, you can't really talk. Making me proud. Yeah, Absolutely. well, yeah, well, it's nice to, it's nice to, you know, be on the winning side. 
I know, I know, I can't really complain. The Lakers have all their championships and blah, yeah, blah, blah. They just won last year. But, you know, it, it's never good enough for me. You know this. I get that. Um, well, I thank everybody who is listening, who has listened. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you get a chance to watch the Oscars this this upcoming Sunday. Uh, it's a ton of fun if you're a big movie fan. If not, I hope that you'll check out some of the movies we've talked about because these are really amazing films um, that are deserving of so much love and recognition and attention. And they're just great times, right? They're great times to sit and watch and spend two hours. It, it really is. Um, if you like what you hear, if you liked what you listened to, uh, we we absolutely appreciate that. And we'd love if you would follow subscribe on anywhere you get your your podcast that would be apple podcast amazon music spotify it's on all the major platforms um this is jeremy's first podcast and hopefully not his last of course we'll be doing we'll be doing this show this show we'll be doing this show each week Ah. most likely um there i i host another show with uh with a great friend of mine called geeking out over star wars uh, so if you want to check that out, I know that's a little bit more niche, um, niche, niche, whatever you say. Uh, but that is a great time. Niche. It's 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 a great time around the uh, great time discussing everything happening in the Star Wars universe. And there's so much going on. Um, but we will be back most likely next week talking about what we've seen, what we're excited for, and maybe even talking about um, any crazy things that went down at the Oscars on Sunday. Um, but Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.